0: Alright, we ready to go? I'm, I'm ready, ready. as we'll ever be. Alright, hello everyone, I'm Dan. Oh, I'm God. Patrick. I'm <laughs> I'm all right. Carrie. Good. I'm somebody. Good, I'm glad we got the intro <laughs> down there. after all of these weeks of doing this. Well, you know, I had to just play a little game there. You can Sorry. tell we're a little rusty. What?
1: Because uh, <laughs> we took a week off?
0: We, we took a the couple The people weeks.
1: at home don't know we took a week off.
0: The people at home will may know we take weeks off. Depends on how good I am at uploading. I. True. And welcome to the 1982 Academy Awards. This is If I Ran the Oscars, a podcast that definitely uploads every week. You know, I definitely don't (laughs) skip weeks because I I forget. Don't lie to the people. I'm not lying to the people, that's the point. Uh, Where we look at one film from every year the Academy Awards were on TV. Uh, We take a look at what it won for, as well as three other categories chosen completely at random. The
1: movie's also chosen at random. The movie's
0: also chosen at random. And we have thankfully... Randomly rolled Best Picture again.
1: Which I think is awesome.
0: I don't believe the category we actually rolled was Best Picture this time. I believe it was soundtrack. But you mm-hmm. know what? However, it happened to this, also be the best picture. Is this first time we've actually watched Best Picture? No. No. We watched, watched Ben Hurd well, that's true. We watched Ben Did We watched Ben Hurd. Did we watch yes. On the Waterfront? We watch also watched On the Waterfront. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? But uh so Academy Award Facts from the year. Uh, the second time that three different films were nominated for Best Picture Director, Actor, Actress, and Screenplay. Uh, uh, Chariots of Fire was not one of them.
1: No, because there wasn't a Best Actress
0: there really person wasn't, yeah. in this film. Uh, this is the first year for the Best Makeup Award. Oh. Because last year was Elephant Man getting no recognition. Oh,
1: that's right. That's right. We talked about that.
0: This is the last year until 2005 when all five Best Picture nominations were also nominated for Best Director. Oh. And Chariots of Fire became the last film to win Best Picture and not Best Director until Driving Miss Daisy. Wow. Uh, Chariots of Fire also got the most awards tied with Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I'm a little disappointed we didn't watch, but I I also... Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. I am a little I did not
1: see this film in a theater. I was way too busy this year.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We did something important this year. Yeah. You were busy?
1: I graduated from college. I did an internship in a foreign country. And then to close it all
0: out, we got married. And then we
1: got married. (laughs) It was a busy year. Yeah.
0: So, the film we watched, Chariots of Fire, is based on a true story of two British athletes in the 1924 Olympics. Eric Liddell and Harold Abrahams. Uh, Eric Liddell is a Christian who is using his he's basically using his running as part of his mission until he went back to China
1: well he was born in China born
0: in China born. and would eventually go back to China and live there for the rest of his life yeah he died
1: Olympics. in an internment camp he during did. World War Two.
0: yeah and Harold mm. yeah. yeah and Harold Abrahams uh is Jewish and mm-hmm. is basically his motivation is he's Run, basically trying to outrun the haters.
1: Well, and that's, I mean, the way it was portrayed in this film. Yeah. I did not look him up, you know, as a
0: personal thing. I, I did for fun and mostly, and I'm only going to mention a little bit about his real life stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cut a strip off of his medal to make his wedding ring. Oh. Ooh. So that's kind of cool. Both the medal and the ring were later stolen on separate occasions. I... <laughs> uh. uh, his wife, a uh, different name, I mm-hmm. uh, than in the than movie. In the film, I mm-hmm. uh, they could not have children. They adopted two and also fostered two refugees during the war.
1: Okay,
3: the,
0: the Second World War. Yep, yep. You know, she
3: was the little girl in the mikado there. Mm-hmm. She died in
0: 1963, and Abraham set up two awards in her name. The first is a cash prize at the school. Uh, at a school for the best female singer because she was a singer and the Sybil abraham's memorial trophy presented each year at buckingham palace by the duke of edinburgh to the best british woman athlete presented since 1964. Hmm. wow he's also was active in freemasonry and was a fan of gilbert and sullivan Uh. which may or may not have impacted the writing of this film (laughs) <laughs> Which may
1: or may not have impacted Grandpa's Freemason, enjoyment of the Freemasonry film. Freemasonry also. Mm-hmm.
0: Huh. So, yeah, this is, it's not necessarily a who's who of stars in this movie. No. However, they did a pretty good job with it. The uh, film's title, by the way, is inspired by the line "Bring me my chariot of fire" from the William Blake poem, adapted into the British hymn "Jerusalem." Which was the Which hymn the sung last hymn. at the was yep, it's sung at the end of the film. That's uh, a
1: really traditional British hymn. So like reckon, their reckon, national hymn. I
3: recognize yeah. the tune, but I didn't
0: know.
1: Yeah. Huh. The basis. Yeah.
0: So as far as casting goes, I uh, Ian Charlison, who played Eric Liddell, uh, performing the role of Pierre in the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of Piaf, P I A F I don't know what that is, but they basically saw him performing and were like, that guy.
1: Well, he probably, because I think he looks enough like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Eric Little that it's, that, that, I mean, well, you also have to be physically fit enough to play this role.
0: Ben Cross, who plays uh, Harold Abrahams,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: was discovered while playing Billy Flynn in Chicago.
1: Hmm. Playing what?
0: He was playing a character in Chicago.
3: Oh, really?
0: On stage Chicago? I believe in film Chicago. No, no, he is on stage. The yeah, piano. the stage version. I uh, in addition to his general character, he could sing and play the piano, which means in the scene in the movie in which he is singing and playing the <laughs> piano, he is singing and playing the piano. It's really him. Yes. Commendable. I uh, also in this film would be John, uh Sir John Gilgood. Gillgood. I uh, we've mentioned the Egot before. He's got one. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of things. He would, in fact, win Best Supporting Actor for a different movie this year. Mm-hmm. He got mm-hmm. it for Arthur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Which interesting. I'm, I'm glad we didn't have we didn't watch that. Actor. Yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan.
0: Uh, all that, is that King Arthur you're talking about? No. no. <laughs> Dudley
1: Moore, Arthur, Liza Minnelli, okay.
0: and Ian Holm, who has been in. A lot of things. He's He's I mean, been a busy man over the years. I, I believe I recognized him most from The Fifth Element first. Yeah. He's, he's in that one. He's also uh, Bilbo, Baggins Bilbo Baggins in The yep. Lord of the Rings mm. and the Flash Forwards in The Hobbit. Mm. I... Let's see here. He does voice acting mm-hmm. over the years. Uh,
2: he's been acting since. Like when did he start? Nineteen fifty
0: something. What was his 57? first role? Oh man, he's done. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. I. He won the Lawrence Olivier Award for Best Actor for his role as King Lear. Ah, oh, King Ooh. Lear. He got the to, uh, Tony Award in sixty-seven. Wow. Yeah, he's done some. stuff. He's been stuff.
1: working for a long time.
0: I uh mr dursley from harry potter has a uh, one scene role in this film (laughs) those of you who are harry potter fans not me uh ben cross interestingly uh dad would you say that he has a tall thin face with kind of sunken in cheekbones Mm -hmm. would you say that that is the perfect face to play a vulcan yeah you know there are some interesting crossovers to star trek in fact, he played <laughs> Spock's dad in the 2009 reboot of Star Trek.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: And like I saw his face and I thought, yeah,
2: oh, no. Oh dear.
0: Well, <laughs> did, do you know the other
2: crossover? What's the other crossover? To Star Trek? Hmm? Queen of the Borg. Really? Yeah. Really? What are you
1: talking about? Alice
2: Creed was Queen of the Borg. Huh. Yeah. Go figure, huh? All right. Oh dear. She was the... The uh, uh, love interest there. Interesting. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. Well, I don't think she was playing the queen of the Borg in this film, so that's good. Yeah, Yeah. probably not. Uh, Writing for this movie is kind of interesting as well. Uh, He was producer David Putnam looking for a story in the mold of A Man for All Seasons regarding someone who follows his conscience. Mm. And he accidentally found this story while housebound with the flu in 77. (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh dear
0: The screenwriter Colin Wayland Took out ads In London newspapers Looking for memories Of the Olympics Went to the National Film Archives For pictures and footage And interviewed Everyone involved Who was still alive Wow He did not uh, Abraham's did die in 1978 But uh, The screenwriter Was able to attend His memorial service Which mm. is Which is what inspired The actual memorial service In the film Sure Okay. Uh, Aubrey Montague's son uh, saw his newspaper ad and sent him copies of the letter his father had sent home. Uh, so that's... Uh, Montague is not an actual character. They modified his character into uh, the Lord Aubrey.
1: Well, it was Lord Lindsay. Lord Lindsay, sorry. Aubrey Montague was yeah. the other
0: character. character. Uh, but the letters that okay. he's narrating at certain points in the film mm-hmm. are... Basically, exactly the letters he wrote with a few tweaks as far as which college he attended. Because sure. he wasn't actually attending college with them. Oh, he, he was at a different a, college. He was a contemporary, but not the same college. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting there. Uh, the last kind of interesting thing about this, for me, as far as film writing goes, is the speech that Eric Liddell gives at the Scotland versus Ireland uh, competition. Games. Yeah. Games. Mm-hmm. Where it's in the rain and he mm-hmm. is he's preaching a little bit, mm-hmm. but that was written by Ian Charleston. Oh. He read the script and thought that it was a little sanctimonious. Mm-hmm. What the words were, and he for the role basically studied scripture to make mm-hmm. sure that he had the right convictions, and so he wrote basically that little that, t- that mini sermon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for himself to pr- to give. So, which I thought was, I mean. It, Seemed yeah, very yeah. good in character,
3: professional. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's method acting.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, any. So, let's talk about what did we think about the movie before we get into the specifics.
3: I was absolutely fascinated.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, despite me falling uh, slightly falling asleep, that's my own fault for <laughs> well, not getting good sleep. There were there were some mm, slightly slow parts, but
2: but the the story was way more than guys running. Oh right? yeah, and it made it. I mean, you know, it's one of those, yes, it revolves around a sport mm-hmm. kind of movies, but but the story was much, much deeper than the sport. Yes. The mm-hmm. sport was just a vehicle to tell the story kind of a thing. Well,
3: I think there should be more movies about track and field. Mm-hmm.
0: Track and field is not, and unfortunately, track and field does not have a lot of, like, give and tug like a game of basketball does. It's 10 seconds and then it's... the sport is done. But there's so much buildup to it mm-hmm. that you can have all the story there.
3: I don't think hardly any people who don't, again, including me, who don't really study athletics have any idea what it takes to become a
1: champion.
0: Or mm-hmm. Oh, it takes a lot. It's I've ridiculous. Story for you
3: after a while. <laughs>
0: right.
1: Yeah. Well, I think every most anybody even people who were born much after 1982 will recognize the theme song and and know that it's all over the internet on memes and things mm-hmm. and used at the 2012 Olympics and i think and it has become iconic
0: when i searched for the song on youtube to go because i didn't recognize it by the name
1: the title the t- i
0: didn't i i heard it's like okay vangelis cherry Fire. Neat, and then I went onto YouTube and I heard it, and I thought, oh, I know of this one. This is the song that people put on their videos when someone is running in slow motion. <laughs> and I scrolled down, and the first comment on YouTube was, this is the song when people are running in slow motion. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, they, because it is. Evangelist. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I does, think it's
1: Vangelis.
0: Vangelis? Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Vangel. I think that. Uh, He's asked me to look with my... The apostrophe means that that's the syllable that's...
1: Vangelis.
0: Vangelis. I believe that's where the emphasis goes.
1: The people have to let us know in the comments. Yeah. Which I don't think we have.
0: We'll (laughs) definitely pay attention to this. (laughs) He did win the Academy Award for score for this film. And Mm -hmm. would later go on to score Blade Runner the next year. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a big deal. Uh, The year before, he scored the PBS documentary Cosmos, A Personal Voyage by Carl Sagan. So that's also kind of a big deal. Uh, He uh, released several albums along with John Anderson, the lead singer of Yes. Yeah. Uh, Having a career in music spanning over 50 years, and having composed and performed more than 50 albums, he's considered to be one of the most important figures in the history of electronic music. And... What's interesting about the soundtrack for this movie is there's not as much electronic music as you would think. Like, uh, mm-hmm. the reboot of Tron that they did in, like, 2010, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. mostly, like, Daft Punk. Mm. Yeah, That's all electronic music, and it should. It's Tron. Mm-hmm. It's a computer. But this is a movie set in the early 20s, and... The electronic music is there, but it's not invasive in a way that makes you go, wait, what year am I in? Because mm-hmm. all yeah. the darn Gilbert and Sullivan in the darn thing. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah well, a lot, lot more than that. And it was, Some re- of that brass band music, you, know, you just don't hear that anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: it was right. interesting. Right. I think they injected the Gilbert and Sullivan really well. Mm-hmm. They, they used it as a storyline connecting point. Mm-hmm. It placed you in, in the time In a character development component. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: you know. Well, Gilbert and Sullivan this didn't me. fall into uh, disfavor until a long time after 1924. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still
1: popular. Yeah. Well, locally oh, here, yeah. there's For a, a Gilbert and Sullivan production company. I didn't realize they were still operating. Are right? I think so. Huh. We have to. We're going to look that up. Yeah. While yeah. Dan is talking about his next yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, there's not a whole lot more to talk about with the film. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Wikipedia page on historical accuracy is extensive. Uh, Most notably for me, as far as historical Mm -hmm. accuracy goes, there's a scene where uh, Liddell gets knocked over and gets back up and wins the race. Mm -hmm. It's not the location where he did that, but he did do that. Mm.
1: Well, also, I was reading that okay the way he's running in the film mm-hmm. is
0: looks really kind of crazy looks kind of stupid
1: that's the way he ran with his head tilted back and he took lots of steps more steps than other people mm-hmm. did It and and i think the actor looks like the real man
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he did a good job so, uh yeah. also they did win once they did race against each other once Mm -hmm. but not in the way the film described they only raced together in a heat Mm -hmm. yeah uh and the him not running in the 100 meters because it was on a sunday is true that did happen Mm
1: -hmm. right i think that and the other thing i read was that the uh he knew about it well in advance of the olympics not not surprised you're getting
0: on the boat correct yeah it did make it more dramatic and for a movie mm-hmm. that makes more mm-hmm. sense right right but i mean as his as uh, historical dramas go i think they did a pretty good job with the facts and mm-hmm. i think that does have to do with a lot with the screenwriter taking the time to go well this was 50 years ago that's not that long ago let's find the people who were there
1: mm-hmm. hmm. right
0: Uh, The final lineup for the uh, uh, 100 meters, uh, seven out of eight of the people in the lineup are the correct names of people. Mm. Uh, The bronze medalist was from New Zealand and refused permission for his name to be used out of modesty. Say that again. The bronze medalist in the 100 meters... Was still alive when the film was being produced. They tracked him down and asked him if his name, if they could name him in the film, and he said no. Really? Yes. And oh. he said, and uh, accordingly, it's because of modesty, and I guess that's fine.
3: Well, that's why anyway, they oh, this had, kind of and
0: they basically, <clears throat> because of the way films work, they didn't need his permission, and yet they replaced they they used a dummy name anyways. Oh. I. So, yeah, with mm. his exception, all of the runners in the 100-meter final are identified correctly when they line up for inspection by the Prince of Wales.
3: Huh, and that guy refused because mm-hmm. he was crazy.
1: Well, but you know what? That's was. That's
3: life, that's humanity. That's
1: yeah. right. And, yes, there is still the Gilbert and Sullivan Very Light Opera Company is still functioning in Minneapolis, well, we gotta, as we best gotta, they we can. We to
3: go to a Gilbert and Sullivan mm-hmm. production.
1: Be- I believe Mary Gregory was part of that company for you, while you guys really, were really. teenagers.
0: No,
3: mm-hmm. we, go, we just got to go. Uh,
0: Eric Liddell also ran the 200 meters and finished third.
1: He mm-hmm. ran several. He mm-hmm. ran races all yeah. in one day, which that is everybody the, thought was that suicidal.
0: The 200 meter heat is the only time that Liddell and Abrahams actually competed at the same time.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Abrahams won a silver uh, in the 4x100 relay, and... As shown in the film, Aubrey Montague got 6th in the in the steeplechase. Mm. Huh. So, mm. uh, as sports movies go, I, I in this house this is not going to supplant miracle by any stretch no, of the imagination. No. Right. But as a family that enjoys a good sports movie historical narrative, mm. I think this was really good. Yeah, it was.
3: It's tremendous music. I can yeah. believe it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh so, because I finally loaded my Google Docs let us begin our actual, oh no, Google Docs has not wanted to load a updated version. Our, our
2: random selected uh, award was, mind you,
0: costumes. It won for costumes.
1: Well, okay. It in I've, fact
0: did won for costumes. Alright, mm-hmm. so I have to
1: tell you the little things that I looked at in this film with regard to costumes. Number one, ladies' hats.
2: Me mm-hmm.
1: too. Oh, my like really goodness good gorgeous yeah. ladies hats yeah. and they weren't too ostentatious yeah. they seemed period appropriate the men were wearing beautiful straw uh boater hats
2: gorgeous yeah, yeah. and there were some nice dressed up fancy events and there so were the some, other
1: thing i looked yeah. at were necklines i think uh costuming if the necklines aren't right it to me it throws off the whole look of something. They were gorgeous necklines that were very mm. obviously hand stitched. Mm. They were the the attention to detail of lace and trimmings at necklines was superb. I also noticed that it looked like the um, the Olympic costume, Olympic maybe uniform is it mm-hmm. for the uh, the the British Olympians when they're on the boat and they're headed across the channel to um, to France and you could see they were wearing um, v-neck sweaters underneath their blazers. The v-neck sweaters looked hand knit to me They Mm -hmm. did not look machine knit.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, may we present our award winning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's good at noticing some things. There's just some. 25% of us
3: are going to notice those things. But to me, those
1: are the things that made it, to me, it made it, it solidified it in the 1920s.
2: Yeah, it was real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was very very
1: real. Very good. Good But I think then you look at the way that they had dressed up the Prince of Wales and his clothes were very, very finely tailored.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. It was good.
0: Uh, Costume design, by the way. Mm -hmm. Milena Canonero. Don't know. Uh, Her first film credit is A Clockwork Orange and would later do Barry Lyndon and The Shining with Kubrick.
1: Didn't we watch Barry Lyndon? We
0: did watch Barry Lyndon. Wasn't
1: that a weird show?
0: It was a weird show. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Midnight Express. Don't know that we one. We haven't seen I, that one. That was another one with the but same, Barry pro- same producer as this movie, by the way. Mm-hmm.
1: Barry Lyndon was beautiful. I yeah.
0: did a few Francis Ford Coppola movies, some Sydney uh, Pollack, Rowan Plansky. She's done some stuff. She's all yeah. she. Uh, this was her second Academy Award. The first was for Barry Lyndon, which mm-hmm. was beautiful. That was, was a good. weird and film. would yeah. eventually win two more in 2006 and 2014 for Marie Antoinette and the Grand Budapest Hotel. In between there, nominated five more times. Wow. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. The Grand Budapest Hotel, that was a visually beautiful film.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Ha. All right. Ha. Okay. So, costumes, we like them. Extra number one, best screenplay. What do we think about the screenplay for this film?
1: This was an original
2: screenplay. Mm -hmm. This one
0: was directly written for the screen. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was nominated. Well done. It should have been nominated. See. And it should have won because it did. It, oh! <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: What was it up against? Or do you, oh, uh, it.
0: Absence of Malice, Arthur, Atlantic City, and Reds.
1: I remember Absence of Malice. That one was, that was well, there was good dialogue in that yeah, one. It's, really good
0: dialogue. Uh, it is, it is good. Uh, for note, the best screenplay based on another medium is On Golden Pond. Mm-hmm. Okay. All so, right. you know, yeah, yeah. doing pretty good there. That makes sense. Uh, extra number two, best score. What do we think about the music? Cool. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I have already said.
0: Good, because it won for that too. Yes, but, indeed. Did. We almost have a four for, uh, four for four on our random selection. Unfortunately, yeah. we miss out on the last one.
1: But I think that one of the things that I think stood out in this scoring is, like you were saying before, that the electronic music did not seem out of place for a for a period drama, mm-hmm. which this very much is. Yeah. A period drama. And the, and the electronic music did not De-track. pull us out yeah. of that. And the other and then the other stuff really helped solidify the period drama. Mm-hmm. Like, okay.
3: Now you told me there would be a lot of electronic music and I might be so disinterested I'd leave or something like that. That's what I remember. I did not even notice any electronic music in
0: Yep, the chariots of fire theme mm-hmm. does have synthesizer behind it. Yeah. It's the I uh, like the rising horns at the beginning well, is not actually me, but I didn't yeah I know it's not actually horns that's a synthesizer mm-hmm. and then but then it goes right into acoustic and at that point the electronic is in the background and it's just used as a framing device for getting you into the rest of the music and at that point you don't care you're into the Sweeping you know victory theme
3: I mentioned the Washington Grays March. Uh-huh. I forgot who wrote it. Oh we have to look that up but I remember I remember playing it in the uh, city band at home and that's a fairly obscure American march, but there it is- mm-hmm. plain as day
0: i unfortunately, Washington
3: Grays not American
0: Grays. I, I believe since it. It. there's keep no it. words to the o oh, to the main theme. It was not eligible for Best Original Song. I believe Best Original Song does yeah. need to have words. Yeah. I will actually check on that right now because... Well, then
1: it's not really a song if it isn't... Washington Grays is an American march composed by Claudio Grafula in the year 1861.
3: Grafula. Grafula. Grafula
1: okay. A mainstay of both parade and concert band. Oh, well
3: you got parade in concert bands these days. I don't mm-hmm. know well there are one per university and college mm-hmm. but they don't play much yeah. parade music
0: I yeah. uh, since uh, 1941 when the before 1940 the rules for original song was a song an original song that appears in a movie. Mm-hmm. by 41 they had a change to written for the movie because oh. there were songs that were then really? won... That were recorded the year before the film was made, mm. and then used in the film. Oh. Uh, songs that rely on sampled or reworked material, along with cover versions, are also ineligible, yeah. such as "Gangsta's Paradise," yeah. which samples Stevie Wonder. I think that's. Good. I think that's but so yes, funny. it does need to contain le- words, and music. Okay. Which, unfortunately, this very all a very good the- like. The Star Wars main theme is never going to win Best Original Song mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. just a theme. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Uh, our last Superman random... too. Mm-hmm. Our Superman last Channel. random category is Best Actor, and no one in this movie was nominated for that, which I kind of feel like is a bit of a shame.
3: I thought
1: they were all best.
0: I thought they did a very good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, was
1: it so much of an ensemble cast?
0: It's possible. I think that's part of it, maybe. There wasn't the standout. Mm-hmm. So the best actor mm-hmm. this year was Henry Fonda in On Golden Pond. Yeah. Uh, Warren Beatty in Reds, Burt Lancaster in Atlantic City, Dudley Moore in Arthur, and Paul Newman in Absence of Malice. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at it like from an Academy Awards perspective, mm-hmm. honestly, that's kind of a tough lineup mm-hmm. to break into as someone who doesn't have a lot of major acting credit. And unless your performance is revolutionary, I feel like the politics of the thing might get away from it. I
3: feel that if they had had two or three name brand actors here, it would ruin
0: it. That's also true. I agree. I but agree. I think that it's not, I, I, I think that they could have won, <laughs> but the poli- I feel like there's politics to it. What's kind
1: of like some of them are more Oscar bait. Like, yeah, that
0: we don't have to mm-hmm. run into and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who's to say what helped them make their decisions? But you know, some really good,
2: solid acting and solid actors that mm-hmm. that worked for years and years, decades of of good, solid work um, by a lot of these people. Yeah, so that I think that's it's kind of like no superstars, just a really good team.
0: Yeah. And we've seen some movies like that here where it's just everyone involved in the movie worked really hard. Mm-hmm. And the fact that none of them became household names, you know, after the fact. And the only household names in the movie were all old guys. Maybe not a household name, but very recognizable
2: mm-hmm. for for having been in other things and yeah. having done good work in their
0: career. But yeah. I think this one, as far as best picture goes, I would you'd be hard-pressed to find a better overall film, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. It's the best film I've seen here yet. All right. Woof. There
0: we, there we go. you go,
2: people. Here's your <laughs> testimonial. All right. Time to go watch it. Yeah. Get it, find it at right. your library, we kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Well, then we want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
3: bye bye Night.